Rush is back. Hour number two. Teddy Lemon here. Tyler McComas hanging out. Bandy's Barbecue up here at Chisholm Creek. we got Monday night football specials going on right now. Mexico Monday as well uh, with drink specials. Mexican Drafts, Pacifico, Modelo, Dos Equis, and uh, other great uh, food items as well. Uh, going to be a lot of fun up here throughout the season for Monday Night Football with the specials they have going on. We were talking over the break. Um, obviously, the Oklahoma game was tons of storylines coming out of that. We've got the Nebraska week coming up. That's going to be a tough game. Lose-lose game, by the way. <laughs> lose-lose game. Not Absolutely. to put a damper on Saturday, but God. Lose-lose as far as – I getting any type of credit at all for winning that game. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be an interesting atmosphere. I wonder what that does. Like, I know there's going to be an energized football team out there on the field. Um, I wonder what the fan base is going to be like. I think, you know, I, I thought about this yesterday, and initially I thought, oh, geez, now we're really going to see an atmosphere that's not to the level of what we thought it was going to be. Maybe the opposite. If they have Scott Frost coaching there after a one and two start, there's just this thought of we have no chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is inevitable. We got to wait till October first. Maybe you see at least a little bit. You're going to see a more inspired team. I wonder if you see that from the crowd as well. At least early on, I think that'll be the case. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what I mean. That's what they're banking their entire season on. Is is that this is their. Season on Saturday for Nebraska. Sure. Something good happens, then there's all of a sudden going to be confidence that they can somehow make a run in a bowl game. But if OU goes up there and dominates and covers this 13-and-a-half, then, well, at least we tried something, but we're just going to be awful for the rest of this year. And their interim coach is going to have stars in his eyes thinking, hey, maybe they'll pay me $6.5 million a year if I can show I can beat Oklahoma. So he's going to be pulling out all the stops. Probably going to be a surprise onside kick to start off the football game. Oh, no. Tons of exotic stuff going on. Uh, it's it's going to be wild. Um, With Scott Frost firing, Nebraska has paid more than $50 million in buyout money since 2005 to failed football and basketball coaches. Well, they paid uh, $7.5 million more than they needed to for this latest round. In one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, I have no idea why they would do that. If you want to say to the world, we're starting a head coaching search, go ahead and say that. Have a press conference and say, we're firing Scott Frost on October 1st. We're looking at resumes right now for our next head coach at Nebraska. But Everyone knows the contract situation. He's going to be a lame duck for a couple of weeks now, just and to, then we're firing him on October Just demote him to special teams coach for the next three games until October 1st. I, Have uh, him carry the chains on the sideline or something. I, that was the happiest firing in college football history. I'm sure most coaches, when they get that call, they know what's going to happen. That talk's not a whole lot of fun. I bet he was smiling from ear to ear. You see that video I that came out? I told you he's been self-sabotaging for this moment to happen since the beginning of the season. Did you see that video that came out of him, like, sliding down the stairs, leaving the facility in Lincoln a couple weeks ago? Uh-uh. Well, that was him yesterday. I bet he was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. An extra $7.5 million. You know, uh, the inevitable is already going to happen. I'll tell you what he said. He said, 
What door am I leaving from? And when do you want me to leave? <laughs> just like Coach O. Yeah, just like Coach uh, O, giving him the full buyout. That I mean, that has to be a slap on the back and love you, buddy, from Trev Alberts, doesn't it? I mean, wh- how else do you justify that? I don't know how you justify it. I mean, you must really be thinking, you must be really giving, be giving Mickey Joseph a chance to be your head coach next year and giving him a fair shake as the interim head coach. That ain't worth $7.5 million to me, though. Maybe they realize what the Nebraska fans and Nebraska media won't, is that, and I've heard in the past 24 hours, well, dang, we could get Kyle Whittingham from Utah. No. What about Mark Stoops from Kentucky? No. Every name they're throwing out is, no, you are not going to get that guy. They are so desperate, even the Urban Meyer is being thrown out in Lincoln right now. You got a lot better chance of getting Urban Meyer than you do either one of those guys. Mark Stoops just became the all-time winningest coach in Kentucky history, just beat a number 12 Florida team on the road, have a legit chance in the SEC to win the East, and you think he's going to dump that and go start all the way over at Nebraska? Those people are drunk and high. Even Deion Sanders is on the list, and i got to think he would send them a letter that says, hell no, he's at 12-to-1 odds to get the next job. Well, Deion Sanders, better than Mark Stoops or Whittingham, and I keep hearing people say Matt Campbell. Again, you're drunk. Why would he leave a program that's playing better than they ever have in a conference that is about to lose – the two big dogs to the SEC, I, they got a chance to fight and scrap and be one of the top teams in the Big 12 every single year. Why would he start over at Nebraska? Now, well, I'm sure people in Lincoln would tell you, well, that's a fair point there, Teddy, but trust me, he's interested. He's reached out. There's sources out there. Of course he's interested. He's interested in getting a pay raise from <laughs> Iowa State. Exactly, especially after that big uh, 10-7 win on over Iowa that he had on Saturday. I agree. I don't I'll, think Matt Campbell's going to go there. And I think Nebraska's about to find out real quick that that job is not as attractive as you think it is. I'll tell you who their best bet is. Tom Herman? No. Hmm. Gary Patterson? I don't know. The music scene isn't great in Lincoln. What? I don't think it is anyway. Oh, he come over to the session room where we're going to be Friday. <laughs> Take a step back. Take a look at your life. They've already taken uh, as many steps back as they can. It's time to push forward. I, I, I don't know who their next coach is, but they're, they are delusional right now, which I understand. Um, they've They've – Drunk themselves stupid after the Georgia Southern game. All right? I, I get it. Hey, maybe go hire the guy that just beat you from Georgia Southern. Clay Helton? Helton? Yeah. Just go get him from the opposite locker room? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Rule to Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Other than the fact that he's the current head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Levy to Nebraska? Levy ain't taking that job. Ain't no way Levy's taking that job. Look, anyone that doesn't have to take that job is not taking that job. The only way you are taking that job is if you have like if you're about to get fired somewhere with a little buyout or your trajectory is quickly coming. Like Jeff Levy, a guy who's going to get a head coaching job someday, is not going to go to the dead end of Nebraska. Cuz that's what it is right now. It's a dead end. Nobody wants that job. And I don't know which way they go. They already they just went with the former player out. I 
good luck to them. But, I, you know, sometimes there's not a right answer. Yeah. And they've, spent, they, they've been looking for that answer for a long time, and that answer may just may not exist anymore. Coach O, that's the route they need to go. Uh, they need to go with a great recruiter. They need to go with someone who's got a legitimate, really good offense. Offense has been their biggest problem. Who that is, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know. All I can tell you is there are three tiers too high on their want list right now. Now, they're going to say, well, we could throw a big old pile of money out there in front of someone to get them to come here. So can nope. everyone else now. Nope. No, you can't. Mule Shooter, Nebraska. Kevin Sumlin is on there. Uh, Jay from Medill says, Teddy, any coach is a Sunday morning Zoom and a nap away from moving across the country. You know that. Yeah. First well. time I talked to Nebraska, honestly, Scott, was uh, Sunday afternoon. I don't even – I'm trying to think of, like, some offenses out there. Like, maybe the guy at um, Coastal Carolina – Someone like that, maybe the guy at UTSA. I, that's the route that they're going to have to look. I, what these names that people are throwing out, it's just not happening. No, it's not. You're no no coach that has a team in the top ten is leaving their school to go to Nebraska, who hasn't done anything in a decade. You guys are wild. Terry Bowden is a perfect fit, is on the text line. Look, I expected to hear some crazy names this segment. You guys are throwing out Terry Bowden. They, they've lost all control on the text line. I don't know. I mean, I – Terry I, Bowden, wasn't that who was at Clemson before? Well, he was at Auburn in – I think he was at Auburn and Clemson. Is two jobs that he had. Bobby's yeah. son. I don't, I don't know anything about him, and – I. Maybe he would be a perfect fit. No, he would not. He'd be a perfect fit. I think he for... was at Akron a few years ago. Huh. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is yeah. is that I really hope this team can run the football on Saturday because Georgia Southern did it for 233 yards, and they're like an air raid type of offense. Now, they had 642 total yards. Northwestern was able to run the ball at will in the second half on Nebraska. Please, I just I, I don't want to see an OU team roll up there and not be able to run it against the Huskers. That would be that'd be bad. That'd be real bad. Have we not got a John Gruden text yet? We just did actually. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. John Gruden more realistic than Whittingham, Mark Stoops, or Matt Campbell. Let me tell you something about this job, man. Nebraska, they love their football, man. That's you what just, he'd say. You it love then. it. <laughs> you guys really love it up here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. But um, they could have used the $7.5 million they flushed down the toilet towards uh, paying the buyout of the next coach that they're trying to get to leave. I dare you, when he comes on with us, as he does every single Tuesday at 320, to ask Bob to address the speculations. He's going to be the next head coach at Nebraska and see what he says. <laughs> he, he'll probably he, – what if he's like, 
oh, you know, we're just um, we're just in early negotiations right now. I, I, you know, I love the XFL job. It'd have to be something really good to, to take me away from that. That question actually would have been in bounds on Friday when he hopped on with us. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. You know, and I – Teddy – it's his birthday. Yeah. It's his own golf tournament. Sure. So I'm trying to be nice. Like, I appreciated the fact that he was coming on, but I'm like, all right, I know you got a lot of people to see. And every time I was like, last question, he's like, no, I, I got, hey, I got time. Go, go, go ahead. I, I sent it to break, and he said, um, I'll, I'm going to stay on for one more segment. And as I said on Friday, I will never have a better radio tease going into a segment than Bob saying I'm staying on for another segment. That's it was, awesome. It was unbelievable. It is so awesome. His birthday, his golf tournament, and for 40 minutes. Uh, Minutes of the show that was done on the rush. Bob Stoops, 40, Teddy, zero. Hey, I will will gladly yield 40 minutes a day if Coach Stoops wants it to take over my spot. (laughs) He came up into the booth uh, on the game Saturday, and I actually did get a little bit nervous. All he has to say is, ah, you know what? I'd like that color job for OU Radio, and I'd be down. Hot seat. You know, I'd be down like holding the uh, parabolic mic or something on the sideline for the rest of the year. That's about it. How do you feel about the 13-and-a-half-point spread that this game's at on Saturday? Which uh, side – early uh, early lean on the line here. Which uh, side are you taking? I'm <laughs> – I think it's going to be a one-score game well, is the yeah. side I'm taking. Nebraska has a losing record, I'm sure, the past 20 years, but they haven't lost by two scores in the past <laughs> yeah. 20 years. Yeah, you have to go back to, like, 1985 to, for a year that they lost a two-score football game. Which, by the way, did you see the stat? What was it? They were 214-0 and zero in games where they've scored over 35 points oh my in, gosh. until Saturday. Uh, to Georgia Southern, who put up 45. And, hey, A&M, you're not getting away that easy. I told you, I told you, you're going to be the most disappointing team in college football this year. But even I didn't think that you were going to lose at home to Appalachian State. I thought that you were going to get beat this Saturday against Miami. Appalachian State, what are you doing even scheduling Appalachian State? 1.5 over 15 years. They could beat the big dog. I mean, they beat Michigan back in the day, but they're a good program. God, what are you doing? You know what's interesting? Love that, though. When oh, you're, if you're Appalachian State, you would think that you wouldn't be able to charge a very high price for teams to have you come in and play. It, you'd think the price would go down. but It was got, actually a bad business move for them on Saturday. Yeah, they no got, one's going to want to play them anymore. They got paid $1.5 bucks. Um But what do you – I think it is interesting, like considering what we've talked about with NIL, with the transfer portal, like with the with the way that a lot of people claim they got that recruiting class. What does something like that do? Like if, like, do they lose the locker room? Losing a game like that, losing to Appalachian State, yes, I think can ruin the locker room, and it probably don't lose to my. Because here's the thing, it's. Like, they got two better football teams coming up the next two weeks. They got Miami at home, then they got to play uh, Arkansas in Arlington. <laughs> I will not be shocked if they lose three consecutive games. And then Jimbo all of a sudden is on the hot seat. Well, I've got news for you. If they put up 180 yards of offense against Arkansas, they're going to lose 42-10. to 10. Jeez, and then you got Notre Dame already with an 0-2 start with a loss to Marshall at home. Man. I, I still... I still like the hire with Marcus Freeman. 
I still think it's – I think – think You think he's it's the okay. greatest 0-3 head coach in college football history? Uh, I think for right now you have to say yes. Well, I think when Bear Bryant went 1-9 and nine at A&M, uh, that, his only losing season of his entire career, they probably started 0-3. So, unfortunately, no. It's Bear Bryant and then Marcus Freeman. Man, uh, just A&M, though, makes me so happy. I know. Just, you know, and I feel like in about 18 months we're going to point to that rant. Oh, you want to see how God does his business? <laughs> you know, I want you to see how God does his thing. I think we're going to be able to point to that moment and say, yeah, and that's where it all started rolling, uh, yeah. rolling down for you, uh, Jimbo you, Fisher. Whenever you're a, a snake oil salesman like Jimbo Fisher – the last thing you want to do is draw too much attention to yourself, and that's what he did, right? Because as soon as you do that, everyone starts saying, well, hang on a second. Let's take a look at your, your, your real record here and see what you've actually accomplished, and people are on to him. The old, uh, the old Sumlin record at A&M was, was thrown around right next to his. He's better through his first however many games than Jimbo Fisher is. Yeah, he's uh, the the snake oil salesman's running out of script really quick. But he, you know, he went right into his whole pitch about how great Appalachian State was in the post game, about how you know experienced they are, and they got fourth and fifth and six year guys. I hey, tried to they tell got everyone, too, guys. They, they're allowed to make plays too. I didn't even hear the. He tried to say that, that he tried to say that they could uh, they could. I don't know if he said they could win the SEC, but he said that they could definitely compete in the SEC. Golly, that was an excuse. I heard Saban say that Texas is really good and would finish in the top half of the SEC, which I did have to laugh. I'm like, well, there's like 14 teams in the <laughs> SEC, so you say maybe they're the seventh best team in the league? <laughs> that is like a backhanded compliment. Uh, That's great. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out, Bandy Barbecue up here in Chisholm Creek. They got Monday night football watch party every single Monday night. Throughout the season, they got Mexico Monday specials going on throughout that, uh, plus uh, $3 Mexican drafts. Pacifico, Modelo, Dos Equis, come up to Bandy's, watch the Monday Night Football. We'll be back. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We're at Bandy's Barbecue today, 13230 Pawnee Drive, Chisholm Creek in Oklahoma City. Why are we here? Well, we're enjoying the best barbecue in all of Oklahoma City. Ribs, burnt ends, turkey. They've got great sandwiches. They have a full bar and one of the largest local beer selections in the state. They're going to have a watch party every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. And it starts tonight with the Broncos and Seahawks. Russell Will- or, yeah, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. Come watch Monday Night Football here at Bandy's. And they've got an OU Nebraska watch party as well on Saturday. Doors will open early for the 11 a.m. kick. They'll also have food and drink specials as well. Tons of TVs right here at Bandy's Barbecue in Oklahoma City. I had a really bad uh, pregame show on Saturday before the game. What happened? Well, I heard this secondhand from, like, two other people. So we've had a lot of listeners come up to the Ref Army tailgates and meet us for the first time. And apparently one of our listeners saw me for the first time, and their remarks were, wow, that's surprising. 
I thought Tyler would be fat. Yeah. Who said that? So I, one of our listeners that showed up was surprised that I was a normal-sized human being and not fat after mm-hmm. listening to me uh, on the show here, however long they've been listening. Oh, yeah. No big deal. I guess I, I sound fat. I'm trying to think where that comes from. You don't. Can you sound fat? No. Well, you Mike sound Leach fat. sounds fat. <laughs> <laughs> We're like disgusting. Well. Yeah. Huh. Text line 405-651-3439. Do I sound fat? <laughs> Apparently at least to one person I do. No, I, I heard that and I thought it was hilarious. Oh, and immediately great. I thought, oh, that's going on the show Monday. That's happening. That is great. Here's a stat from Mike Houck. Um, good stat. OU passed Notre Dame and Texas in all-time wins on Saturday. OU now ranks fourth nationally with 930 wins. They have played 34 fewer games than Texas, have 55 fewer losses, and 20 more ties. All that to say OU has a better winning percentage, and now they have more overall wins than UT. That's some weird math. We must have a ton of ties for that math to be correct. Uh, yeah, that must be the case. Because we've played 34 more games, but we have... Well, Texas, I'm, I'm guessing they played football longer than OU has, much no. like Michigan, who started 50 years before everyone else did. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I honestly would have thought that we had more overall wins than Texas already. I guess... Because they still own the the record for the, between the two teams, right? Texas like, does, yes. By like fifteen or so, yeah. something like that, which is just shocking. But hey, um, we'll keep chipping away at it. Keep chipping away. If there was uh, any mystery to this, and I don't think that there was, uh, Saturday revealed to anyone that was still out there uh, on the fence, not thinking it was the case. Marvin Mims is your number one wide receiver, by the way. They made it a point in that game, and I liked it just to say, let's just get the ball to Mims and just go let him make a play. He's and the he number did one. Seemingly every time. He's the number one. I am. I, I'm, uh, I'm not worried, but we got to find who the number two is. And, you know, I, I think so far it's been Theo Weiss. Um, we got to find find some more consistency there. As you start to play tougher teams, it's going to be more and more difficult to get the ball to Mims just, you know, whenever you want to. We've got to get some rhythm going with Farouk. And, you know, they've tried. They just haven't connected uh, often enough to really get that, that matchup going for him. But it's going to come. I just wish we had a little bit better feel for it right now. How many catches does he have? Like two, one, th- maybe one catch this whole year. I mean, if you he didn't have, have one if, Saturday, right? If, if someone just said, "Okay, no, seriously, you have to say this guy's your number two receiver," it might be Drake Stoops at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, judging by the numbers, he or Theo Weiss. I think numbers wise, it's probably Theo Weiss, and just kind of how he fits in the offense, it's probably Theo Weiss. You know, he plays that outside spot. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know. We, we've got to establish it, though. Right now, 10 catches for Mims, 6 for Theo Wee, 74 yards, 5 for Drake Stoops, 58 yards. 
Braden Willis for Farouk's got one catch. Yep, one catch. That, so. Yeah, that's just something that, I don't know, we thought was going to happen. After the bowl game and everything that happened this spring, it just – and it, there's still time. Man, I I know that this is an, is an extreme comparison because he won the Blitnikoff, but D.D. Westbrook struggled early on in that 2016 season to get going. And then he kind of hit his stride against TCU, and, and bam, look what happened. So he's he's got time. But after two games, what, what's the strength of this team? After what we've seen through two, two games here, what, we, what would we say has been the best part of this team to strength this? Defensive line. The, well, you got a problem with that? I'm just thinking it through. I may have a problem with that. Well, you, okay. Offer something up better. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to think right now. The Schmidt kid at kicker hasn't he missed hasn't, one. He hasn't missed yet. Turk um, has looked very nice as well. No, it's probably defensive line and the pressure they're getting. The, the amount team. of sacks and tackle for tackles for loss that we've piled up through two games is pretty dadgum impressive. Um, I don't know what the exact number is, but it's it's pretty good. And you can see that this offense, or excuse me, this defense rather, you know, Venables at Clemson over the the time that he was there, they were number one in the country in sacks and tackles for loss by a huge margin. Not just number one, like like light years ahead of the number two team. And you can see, like right now, that attack mode that he's got that defensive line in is is going to pay some huge dividends. And it helps the backers. Obviously, when you got the defensive line that's pouring through the, the O-line and those guys have to stay on those double, double teams – it frees up your backers to come to and behind the line of scrimmage to make plays themselves. They got two dudes that look like they're in charge right now. Danny Stutzman is one. Billy Bowman looks like that guy too. Well, I agree. I'm not saying that those are the only two guys. I'm just saying in, right. the, in the you know in the linebacker and secondary, like those two guys, you can tell like those are their dudes at those positions. I like I like what I see from Isaiah Coe. when he plays with a low pad level. And, and comes off the football, he is tough to block. He is really tough to block. So, yeah, man, I, I like the rotation we've got at defensive line. Grimes has looked really good. He's developed a couple of nice moves off the edge that I like. Um, I know R. Mason Thomas is, what was it, a hamstring or something he had that he tweaked. He'll be okay. I like what he brings. Um I like what Ethan Downs brings, although I'd like to see him start to develop a little bit more feel in the pass rush. I like Coe. I like Johnson. I like Redmond on the inside. I, I, I like the, the way the defensive line's playing right now. I, in my opinion, it is the, uh, it's the strength of the team. Number one, I got a text message from the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, Toby Rowland. Nine sacks, 23 tackles for loss. Number one in the country in TFLs, number three in sacks, uh, number one in the nation in fewest touchdowns allowed. Well, tell uh, the voice of the Sooners to stick around in the 5 o'clock hour when I drag you into the uh, debate with everyone else on who the best running back is on this team. Ooh, oh, I can't it wait. It is my favorite segment of the week. Can't well, wait oh, to get Gray into that. can't hit on the big one. The Marcus Major fan club is 
it's as big as it's ever been. Big and growing? It, it is. I'm just saying. Okay. That's good stuff. He had some wiggle in the open field. We will hold off until the 5 o'clock hour to hit the most important thing uh, bearing down on the Sooners right now. Who gets more carries in the Nebraska game, Marcus Major or Eric Gray? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Bandy's Barbecue up at Chisholm Creek. Um, keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Monday night football going on up here as well with plenty of specials. they got food specials for the Mexico Monday and drink specials as well for Monday night football. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy, Le- Teddy Lehman live at Bandy's Barbecue, Chisholm Creek in Oklahoma City. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, let Tyler turn my mic on, and then a quick shout-out to Roof Tech. Because Teddy uh, can't turn his own mic on. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there, can handle any of your roofing needs. Uh, Got to go to the National Football League. Baker Mayfield. Um, let's call it how it is. Looked terrible for the majority of the game. Came alive whenever they needed it. Thought he won the, uh, won the game in dramatic fashion. Only to give up, well not him, but the Panthers gave up that 58-yard bomb to the rookie kicker to lose it, and the bad guys win. As a longtime uh, Panthers fan, uh, that was the toughest loss I have endured. Like, I was legitimately kind of bummed after that game. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, we, it made it even worse 30 minutes after when I see um, the Browns kicker, the rookie out of LSU, nail that field goal from deep that was good from 92 yards, I think. And then the next eight kicks I watched on red zone, which I believe were all to win the game, were doinks off the upright or wide left. I'm like, seriously? Why Why does that have to be the one that goes in at the buzzer at the gun and every other kick I saw after that in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game was wide? Well, and God. that's number two. And by the way, you're right. You've been a Carolina Panthers fan since, what, mid-July? It's You're going on two months. It was June, actually, June? when I declared my – yeah. Um, yeah, the Cincinnati Steelers game – is maybe the strangest football game I've ever seen. Burrow has, what, five interceptions? Something crazy like that. Turned the ball over a ton. Uh, I thought they won the game at the end of regulation. As the clock hits zero, they throw a, a touchdown pass right there in the short corner of the end zone. Great little throw and catch. Uh, touchdown. I turn the channel. So Game's did I do the Panthers game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the exact same thing. Game's over. My wife and her mom are Steelers fans, and they were – which they took my son to Hairspray the musical uh, mm. yesterday, so Yikes. that's where they were. I was at the house by myself. But I texted them that the Steelers lost on the last play of the game. And then, like, ten minutes later, I just happened to flip it back to see what's on next, and it's in overtime. Like, what the hell happened? What's going on here? What's the? Why can no one kick field goals and extra points to start off the season, college or pro? Uh, they can if they kick for the Browns. That's what was so <laughs> frustrating about it. <laughs> Yesterday was the worst example of, and some of those misses. I th- that carried over from the Baylor BYU game. Did you punish yourself and stay up late for that game, the Baylor BYU game? I oh my god! I physically could carry on no more. 
after the first Sounds overtime. Sounds like we had the same weekend because there for a while I said, I'm, I'm in it, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, and then I, I passed out after the, another missed field goal. I'm telling you, it was painful trying to force myself to stay awake for the end of that game. It was a really good game, though. I mean, it was a hard-hitting, good contest. I liked what I saw from both teams. I just physically could not do it anymore. Um, and I, I had the feeling that Baylor was, was kind of falling apart there. That's all I had. Um, I've got Quinn Ewers. He Ooh. got injured on Saturday. It sounds like the earliest he can return is for the OU game. So now Texas is in a very interesting spot. I think even Hudson Card is a little bit banged up as well. Bijan Robinson is banged up. Let's see. Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card, Bijan Robinson, and one of their corners, Deshaun Jamison. They're all day to day, said Sark. Quote, it's not broken. It's not structural. Quinn Ewers is not going to play this week. He's going to be out at least until the OU game, but they've got a He'll couple tough games. That. they got a couple tough games coming up, does Texas. I've had the injury that he has, and I don't know what grade they have it. They gave it, um, and I know he plays quarterback in the throwing motion, but it's where your collarbone connects to your, like your, your chest right here, and I've still got like a huge knot there from where it's separated. It's – it doesn't move like the AC joint. It's way more stable, so I think he'll be able to play faster than they're really giving it credit. Dak painful, Pres- but Dak Prescott out six to eight weeks. Um, you know, this is pathetic in more ways than one, but, uh, you know, the season gets here. Everyone's excited about their favorite team. The game hit halftime last night, and I said, let's just watch the new episode of Game of Thrones instead. <laughs> I, I know exactly how this game is going to go, and you know what? I was right. Wait all year long to see your favorite NFL team play. It looks like junk. Eh, watch Game of Thrones. Did that, like watch the final few minutes of the fourth quarter. They lose. Dak's out for like half the season. It was honestly. The season's already over. It was honestly the worst game of the entire day in the NFL. Oh, it was I so think. bad. It was boring. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay didn't even look that good. They didn't have to. And Prescott getting hurt really – allowed him to save face from what was, up to that point, a god-awful night. So, hate that for the uh, Cowboys because of C.D. Lamb. I was hoping he was going to have a a massive season this year. Maybe he still will. They're going to get a lot of mop-up time, easy throw and catch, eight-yard outs for C.D. Yeah, um, I, I don't really pay attention to bowl projections this early on in the season, but I did see one that caught my eye today. It was from Brett McMurphy. He has OU and Marshall in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> My thought is, please, God, do not let it be OU and Marshall in the Cotton Bowl this year. You talk about a lose-lose situation for the Nebraska game this week. Oh, God, that one will be rough. Ugh. If, if, if you can give me – there's two guaranteed options. It's one or the other for this season. To lose the rest of our games and not go to a bowl or to whatever our record is and we go to the Cotton Bowl against Marshall, I'd rather lose every game. Why go play the Cotton Bowl against Marshall? I think Britt Venables would opt out of that game against Marshall if that's who they had to, they had to play in the bowl game. No, he'd play it. He'd be excited to play it. He'd talk about what a great opportunity it is to play it. That stinks, though. That's like – a. That's a punishment. That's a punishment to to 
set a team up against Marshall in a cotton bowl. Right? It is. It is. Uh, text line before we hit a break. Have not heard Tyler admit how wrong he was about Bama score in attendance. I was the only one that uh, thought that Bama was going to destroy Texas on Saturday. I was the only one. But yeah, yes, I, I, I was, haven't heard you talk. I was, how I, bad that was either. I was, I was definitely wrong about that. Yes, I thought Bama would win by thirty. They were lucky to win by one. Hey. And hey, the attendance for Texas and the uh, atmosphere, atmosphere was, was great. Was I'm great. surprised. It was great. It was. Uh, one last thing. Did you see? It looked like Braveheart when Appalachian State won the the game against A and M. Did you see their was it State Street? Is that what they call it? Or did you see that video? No, I just know that they tried to go to the airport. Something happened with their plane. They yeah. tried to go back to the airport. They, they well, had a bad experience. Whenever the game was over, there was someone standing outside with their phone. And, like, these two factions of people, hundreds of them, started pouring out of these buildings and running out into the middle of the street. I'll show you the clip over the break. All it's they awesome. did was beat A&M. They shouldn't celebrate that hard. Oh, come on, man. That was fantastic. The two Mississippi schools did it last year. It's not that difficult. America's team. America's team whenever you knock off uh, the Jimbo Fishers. All right. We're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bring you this hour of The Rush. We're at Bandy's Barbecue. Best barbecue in Oklahoma City. You like burn-ins? I didn't realize I liked burn-ins until I got burn-ins here. I've had burn-ins in Kansas City. They're amazing. And the ribs. You've always said, and it's one of the few accurate things you've ever said about food, is that you can always judge a barbecue restaurant by how good the ribs are. Um, it is true, and the ribs are fantastic if, here. If, you, if you're a barbecue joint and you don't have fantastic ribs, what are we doing? Right? Yeah. Um, let's see. How about a little love for the only texter to call the UT would shock the world? Earlier in the week, I texted, take Texas in the points. You and Travis were blasting me on the air. I did not see that one coming, nor did very many people. Oh, uh, my God, Bama was sloppy. Did Will Anderson, did he line up offsides half the snaps on Saturday? Because it sure felt like it. Yeah, that was that was odd. He did the, not have his best game. No, 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 no. They're, they're lucky to get out of there with a win. They're lucky to get out of there with a win. And credit Texas. Texas looked good. I was shocked with how good their offensive line looked against Alabama's D-line. I was shocked with how good their D-line looked against Alabama's offensive line. Um, Alabama was out of sorts all day, mistakes everywhere, and, you know, Texas Texas was solid. I think a lot is going to be made with how good people thought Quinn Ewers looked early before he got hurt, which I'm probably the only person in the country that didn't think that that was a bad play by Dallas Turner, but... Um, I just think that's that's the nature of football, whatever. Uh, Texas did get screwed by the roughing the passer in the end zone, though. That, yeah, they that did. Was a, that, that, was, that was really Should have been a safe Everything, and I mean everything, shocked me about that game except for one thing. It does not shock me that Texas is claiming a moral victory after that game against Alabama. What did Sork say after the game? Well, I mean, we didn't lose. We just ran out of time. <laughs> and he said that. Oh yeah, and I maybe if I was a Texas fan, thank God that I'm not. 
maybe I would be playing the moral victory card, but I'd like to think that I'd be like, really, guys? We lost the game, and we're going to act like it's a victory? Hell, they moved into the top 25 after that game on Saturday. It feels like they won the football game. What was the score whenever they ran out of time? Uh, 21 to 20, oh, I think. So that's the final did, score? Oh, okay, they did lose. I was confused there for a second. Um, I love how the guy who said that this game is not going to define their program is now trying to define their program off of that game. It's interesting how that right? works, right? Uh, which, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. You you got to try and, and use it as a positive spin if you can. And, it, you know, he's going to talk about how close they are and, and all of those different things. A couple of different things happen. They win that game. And he's right. Um, but I still, in, until I can see it consistent from Texas, this is not the first time we have seen this from Texas. It's not. No. Matter of fact, we see it every single year in Dallas. I locked a UTSA plus 13 and a half this week. So I feel great about it. It's a good lock. It's a good lock. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from Bandy. 